The fire's out. The lies are out. But for Grey, time is running out. So, how long before the truth is out? I'm Alex. I'm Rob. And this is the Wolford Weekly Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to Wolford Weekly, your weekly EastEnders podcast, where this week we'll be discussing the episodes that were released on the BBC in the UK from Monday the 13th to Friday the 17th of September. And I cannot do this alone. I would be very lonely. Here is Rob to help me out. Hello, Rob. Hello, everybody. How are we this week? Hello, Alexander. How the devil are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm feeling very happy, actually, and excited and looking forward to this podcast because we have lots and lots to talk about, it's including medication. the big fire. That's right. I, I put my pill in, shaking my head about, and I'm and ready pills. to go. Nurse, nurse, he's out of bed again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> um, yeah, lots and lots of stories to talk about this week. Um, so I don't know about you, Rob. I fancy just delving right in and getting on with it. How about you? Do you fancy doing that? Busy old week. Let's do this! Excellent. Right, so we are going to start off, obviously, with the big story this week, and that is the fire that happened in the square, or more directly, it was in Phil's house. So, uh, mm. obviously, there was that big stunt this week, um, lots of special mm. effects, some hit, some miss, perhaps uh, we've discussed that maybe in a second, but uh, first of all... Mm-hmm. Janine's heroicness for the story. I thought this really painted a new light for Janine this week because it kind of it brought her, it made her character more rounded, which is something that I really wanted to see mm. last week. But it's starting to, it started this week, I think, and so it kind of kick started the Janine character into gear for me. Yeah, no, I agree. I really liked uh, Janine being a hero because there was a horrible sort of moment where you sort of thought, is she going to do something insane like leave Tommy in the fire or something? You know, it it felt it felt like it was they were they would have been perfectly capable of doing something like that. So I absolutely loved when you know Scarlet was out of the way. She ran out of the house and she battled through the flames. Um, say Tommy, and there was a really nice moment where she turned around to Tommy and was like, "Right, come on, talk to me. What do you want to be when you're older? A footballer. A footballers are brave. They're great." And I loved all that. Absolutely, absolutely loved all that. And then when she was dangling Tommy out the window. Loved it. Um, you know, while well, the rest of the square has stood there watching a poor child being dangled from the window for 10 minutes before the place blew up. It's brilliant. Loved yeah. it. Uh, <laughs> see, now, I think Why the issue is, here, I think, to be... F- well, I think you could possibly kind of give the explanation that, you know, the flames were too much for them to get to. I'm assuming that's what they were going for. They maybe could have, like, cut a few reaction shots and then just kind of gone, maybe done the explosion a little bit sooner. But, you know, that's just... That's I think that for the main part I think I I I love the fire episode. We'll talk about the moment that not just us, by the way. Now every week, every week, well let's talk about it now. Every week, all right, we complain about music <laughs> and we kick off about sound effects every week. And we get people that say to us, Oh, what are you moaning about them for? Oh, it's too much. No, 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 no there's nothing wrong with them. They they add to the scene, you, know, you moan about it every week, it's boring you moaning about it every week. And that's fine, you know, you're entitled to that. However, it wasn't just us moaning this week. <laughs> It wasn't no, just us because no, it was I, have, I have Twitter and Twitter. Oh, everyone, everyone was kicking off about it. the papers. Kicked off about it. Everyone kicked off about it. <laughs> we were in the paper about it, Rob. The Mirror quoted us on our Twitter. We were the Mirror t- quoted us this week. <laughs> I'm available. Please hire me. Um, 
No, because I had friends who I have spoken to, like friends of, of mine that are fans of the show, and I've mentioned my, you know, sort of disdain for any sort of music or sound effects, and they have said to me, "Oh, what are you on about?" Like, and we've brought up examples where it's been used, you know, like. But I've got friends that didn't mind Denise slowing down time. That's how, like, you know, that's how much these people, like, you know, I've, I know, I, I know, and they they need from, their from head rattling. Even they were kind of like, why do Florence and the Machines play when Grey was putting Kira out of there? <laughs> so why did that happen? Because I mean, it was just a, it, uh, now, I mean. now the music, now the music you could explain came from the Pride event that was playing at the time, and they decided to whack up the volume just as Grey and Kira. Okay, I'm no, I'm not excusing. It. Don't even have a go at me. I'm not excusing it. All but right, I'm not. I, but the, the my point, my point is that's where the music came paid... from. Yeah, but you saying that that's where it came from. I think you're right. I think that's what they wanted yeah. us to think. It came from some event or from the market store or something like that. Because immediately in the next scene, the music stopped dead. It was gone. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, and they did it later so, on well, in the week sorry. Well with Ruby. <clears throat> so, yeah. So it, oh, it yes. made me wonder if, with like, if, if, like, they are taking note to say, okay, incidental music out of context They're listening might be to us. <laughs> It was Robert Mills. It was Robert Miles or something, wasn't it? It's good. It was a good tune, to be fair. It was very good. That's the sort of thing that I used to get. That's the sort of thing I used to go mental to in the noughties. Yes, um, but there was literally no reason why. Because the thing is, it made out that Grey was a hero, and that's the last thing that Grey is. And I wonder if that we were supposed yes. to be seeing it from Whitney's perspective. You know, when she was sit- when she was literally standing there watching him pull this man out of the fire, his face charred with ash and smoke, his hair all stood up, looking like you know. And she and she stood there with Niagara Falls coming out of her because she was that excited to see, <laughs> that excited to see Grey looking all I- sexy and hot. You know, it's oh, maybe I that mean- was what we were supposed to be seeing it from. But it it it, 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 it no. I mean, I for me, it didn't ruin. It- Episode, but for me, you know, it added nothing as it ever does, to be fair. But um, mm. but for the most part, the fire episode itself, I thought was I thought was pretty well done. Um, you know, bearing in mind that these people had to be you know two meters apart and all that sort of thing. You know, it they I think they filmed around down that. Obviously, some people were bubbled, but it it's for me personally, the fire episode was pretty was pretty good. It wasn't the best fire episode that's ever been in the world ever, but it was it it was good. It was entertaining. I was stressed as hell because I genuinely thought that this week <laughs> was going to be literally me help like soothing you for an entire hour we're going to forget about all the other stories it was literally just going to be me kind of holding you essentially as you grieved Kirat's death vowing never to watch his death ever again (laughs) Mm. you cradled (laughs) a picture of him I so so like can I go back to you saying about like looking at from Whitney's perspective so do you think then that, that that's how we were meant to be envisioning this then? We were seeing, because obviously later in the week, Whitney and Grey become closer and closer and closer where Grey mm-hmm. starts uh, or visits his father, which we will talk about in a moment. But mm-hmm. it, yeah, yeah. It, so if that was if that was the case, then why? I don't know. I just I don't think that I don't think you needed that either. There's surely a shot of seeing I'm Whitney kind of like looking on <laughs> and watching them. No, yeah. no, I know you're We'd not. Have We'd have got it. We'd have got it. That, like, We'd have got it. Yeah. I just, I don't know. At Halloween, I'm just imagining like Whitney's going to go dressed as like olive oil and Grey's going to be like pop-up. <laughs> I'm just imagining it's, that at Halloween, yeah. you know? It reminded me a little bit of when Mick started swimming to Katy Perry 
boyish years ago. Do you remember? Like when he, when he was having the swimming race with <laughs> yes. Dean. Do you that? It reminded me of that sort of moment. Because I think the moment was supposed to be the fact that we was, we as the audience, they were putting some slightly inspiring, uplifting music behind it because we were, we as the audience, and let's be honest, I was quite convinced it was going to happen because we thought that he was going to just leave Kirat to die. And it was supposed to be kind of a moment of relief as Kirat's fine. You know, I, I'm assuming that's what it was supposed it was supposed to be. But trust me, we didn't need it. <laughs> we were relieved whether you decided no. to stick Florence over it or not. At EastEnders, <laughs> trust me. Um, but I mean, what did you think of the fire itself, the stunts, the explosion? You know, um, what, what did you what did you think? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, no, I, I, I'm like you. I thought Monday's episode was it was good. It was fun. It felt it did feel like EastEnders. I don't think there's been a few uh, articles flying flying around at the moment saying that it's back to EastEnders old form. I don't think it is. I don't think that was. I don't think it was a classic EastEnders moment. Quite, it was almost, but not quite. Um, one of the reasons I would argue that is because after Monday's episode, there seemed to be little to no fallout at all, like nothing at all, other than the fact see- that the yeah. Mitchells and Cat were homeless now. I think there was a passing comment with Kat saying that Tommy's now okay in hospital. So that kind of threw our theory. I was sure when you said earlier, when they uh, mm. Janine was asking Tommy, oh, what do you want to be when you're oh, a footballer? I thought, ah, there we go. That's the yeah. foreshadowing. Let's get going. Yeah. He's going to break his yeah. legs on that. But no, he seems to be fine unless there's something going to be happening a seems little bit down right. the line. In, in, in past that fire would have that. affected <laughs> that, that mm. fire would have caused a ripple down the whole square and mm. in one way or another everyone would have been somehow affected by it um, and it that didn't seem to happen again it was kind of like again it could be argued because of the, the situation we're in with COVID that there's bubbles and so they could only kind of keep it within the uh, the ecosystem of the Mitchells and Kat and Janine storyline um, but it just felt like Monday's episode was great and nothing then came out of it, if you know what I mean. And which is, again, you could argue of the era. Um, the aftermath, yeah, it wasn't quite the same. I mean, there's a few, there's a couple of, I thought the effects were fine. Um, there was a few moments when I like, could, mm. it, it was obvious that they literally put, put on like a, uh, like had a few gas bottles in front of a green screen and then they planted that in front of like the top of the stairs and then put that at the bottom of the stairs and to look like there, there's more fire than there actually was in the house. But that is literally me nitpicking. That is me literally like finding the minor oh. details. And if we're nitpicking, if we're nitpicking minor details, then, you know that's that's that, if that's the worst thing that we can we can do about an episode, just nick pick minor details and complain about gas mm. bottles appearing obvious. Then you know what, that's okay. My, you know, my only <laughs> other thing is I like my, a fire episode. I like to be at night. That's my only other. That's my only other slight minor niggle. I love a night because I just think when you do the big explosion, it's right. more atmospheric, isn't it? You know, when you know, you know the inevitable more finale of the episodes. Yes, you know, the inevitable finale of the episode is always the big sort of like, and boom, at the end, isn't it? You know, um, so I, I, I prefer them at nights to the day. But I, like you say, I'm nitpicking as, as, as much as I, I did, for the most part, really enjoy the uh, the fire episode. It was dramatic. Like I say, I was stressed, um, which I have to say, I haven't mm-hmm. been that stressed watching EastEnders, as in I'm enjoying it, for, <laughs> for quite a while. So it was, it, I, I, did re- I did really enjoy it. Mm. Sorry, my favourite moment also, I have to say, was also when uh, when Ben and Callum realised the fire had, had started and they went running over to the house. And Ben right, Ben said, Callum, first of all, Callum had to be prompted to call the emergency services, which I thought as a police <laughs> officer should have been just a gut reaction anyway. But 
fine. And then when and then when he did, he was like, oh, it's PC Highway here. I need the fire service. Yeah, number 12645. Yes, that's me. Yeah, Callum. Yes, I became a police officer in one day. What of it? Yeah. <laughs> but he, like, when he got told to call as well, he, like, picked up, he got his phone out and then kind of looked at it as if to say, what what number is the police service? What is it? What nine, is this? Nine, nine, six, six, seven, nine, hello? twelve. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I get that Callum can get quite panicked in a situation from time to time, but I just felt like it, just, it was just yet another moment where Callum kind of just shows an ineptness as a police officer. Um, Bless but, him. Yeah, Bless I him. Mean, He's not going to save anybody every time soon, is he? <laughs> I mean, hey, you know, it was it, it was fun. And then, um, so later on in the week, uh, Tommy's in hospital. We're told he's going to be all right. I'm not, I'm not as convinced as you are that we've we've heard the last of Tommy's injuries. In all honesty, because I don't know, we'll see. Um, but Janine um, then essentially says to Cat, and I have to say, I was very much Team Janine with this. She was like, "I've just saved your son from a burning building. Let me have my daughter." Yeah. You know, I'm not trying to do anything crazy here. And Kat, and Kat, at first was very grateful. I don't know how to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And then later on, when she's been, when she's been to uh, the court, you could at least, you know, Kat should at least have so around to her and go, right, yeah, okay, I've got a, we'll sort this out between us, all right? Fair enough. You know, I can see you're trying, in all honesty. So we'll see, we'll see how it goes. But then later on in the square, Janine points out again, I rescued them from a burning building, and Kat genuinely said, "What do you want? A medal?" It's like, no, she, Kat, you stupid woman, she wants her daughter Just back. Just some acknowledgement. And she saved your son. Yeah. <laughs> she saved, well, she sure did also cause the fire, so you could argue, you could argue that maybe she was just trying to right a wrong that she very much created herself. Yeah. I, you know, there's, it's, <laughs> You know. I mean, she but, did it um, on purpose, though. That's that's what my bone. Not no, it's not a bone of contention at all. It's just, my problem was that, no. that, like, a lot of people thought that Janine had set it on, on purpose, and I think Janine would have been within her right to say, "No, I, I didn't." But then Janine kind of shot herself mm. in the foot on a couple of occasions because one, when she was in court and she was like kind of playing off the idea that she'd just come from a fire, she kept going, "Sorry, judge." Yeah, I can't, I can't breathe. But also, then she starts spreading the vicious rumor that Shirley was the one who started the fire, and then that kind of, I think, that yes. wound up the the square a little bit more. So, I mean, classic Janine, to be fair, and this is what I mean. This is the kind of Janine I wanted to see. This is the Janine she I, kind of manipulates yeah. and tries to get away with it. Yeah, but I also have to say that we have been. We said when she first came in, I hope that she's back for the right reasons. I hope that they're not just bringing her in to do sort of Janine's best bits. And I have to say, you know, as much as much mud as gets flung at this era, I have to say, I think they've brought Janine back for a genuinely good reason, because this is a Janine we haven't seen before. This is generally fresh material for Janine. Janine as a parent. And it's a natural progression mm. for the character. We want to, we would want, you know, when she, you know, when Scarlet came along, that is the, ne- that's the natural re- place that we'd want to see Janine next, as in Janine learning how to be a parent, Janine kind of learning how to be a mum and showing love for her daughter and doing what she can for her daughter. I think this is generally a really new, fresh direction to take Janine in. I'm actually, and I'm genuinely quite delighted about the direction they're taking Janine in. Where it goes from here, we will see. Um, there's a million directions they could take it in, and I'm generally excited because it seems by the end of the week, despite the fact that Kat sort of worked out that Janine started the fire and basically nearly killed both the children, um, Janine apparently is going to be living at the Slaters uh, for a little while, which is going to be very interesting, especially when Stacy gets out of prison. There's going to be a, a, a surely. <laughs> 
that's going to bring some fireworks because it's very important to remember how much history. I mean, there's the history between Janine and Kat, and I think they've sort of dealt with that okay. You know, clearly Kat is very reluctantly sort of having Janine in her life at the moment, so that's not too bad. Um, but the history between Janine and Stacy, come on, that's some material that's going to that's got yeah. to be worth reliving. So, we'll, we'll, so yeah, we'll see how that goes. I'm not sure when Stacy's going to be out. Um, but should we? I mean, have we have we exhausted the fires of fire out? Have we are we ready to move on to the next story? Well, it's, not quite for me. Not we've not quite found <laughs> okay, the fire out on. just yet because there, there was just one there was just one little thing I wanted to say also <laughs> about actually yeah keep it going keep it going. Um, I, I, you actually mentioning about the Stacey and Janine thing. I find it really interesting mm. that um, you're right that they kind of Janine and Kat have kind of buried the hatchet temporarily for for the care of mm. Scarlet. Sort of and, with very uh, loose soil and, over the top. And, yeah, exactly. Ready for something to pop back out again. But she mm. uh, and I like that they're kind of doing this joint custody thing, even though Kat's you know got the custody. But yeah, I, I'm like you. I think that they've. You, we're going to be talking about Ruby's story a little bit later on, but I feel like they've kind of rushed mm. Ruby's story so that Ruby's out, so that then they can bring the Janine story. Because I don't know how long ago they first thought about bringing Janine back into the show, but I now feel like it makes more sense that the whole Janine, Ruby, and Stacy story which we will talk about in more detail in a moment, uh, mm-hmm. kind of had that kind of rushed feeling and a bit muddled and a bit confused because they knew Janine was coming back and now they want to start this war between Janine, Stacey and the, and the Slaters, perhaps. So, sure. yeah, I like understand. you. I'm, I'm kind of just acknowledging what you said. I like you. I'm, I'm very excited. I'm very excited by that. And I'm really excited about Tommy and Scarlett because I mm. think they are two bloody brilliant little actors and I absolutely adore them. Mm, yeah, absolutely. We've got a good little pairing going on there, I think. You know, yes, I mean, Scarlett is literally the perfect character, what I wanted her to be. When I, I like, I think I said this last yeah. week, I've had conversations with people about what I wanted Scarlett to be. And it was a dream scenario because I was convinced that Scarlett would just be brought back as a mini Janine because that's the thing that they do with kids. And I genuinely said to somebody, I would love her to be like Safi from Ab Fab. You know, and just be this real kind you said of on the show. worm that's that. Yeah, I did say on the show, and, it, and and it's happened. It's like they literally went inside my brain and create, and even the way she looks, you know, with her glasses and her geeky little smile, like it's. I can't believe yeah. how much this this in this version of Scarlet is what is actually what's been put on the screen. It's amazing, and as for Tommy, we have to say what a fantastic little actor they've got that's played Tommy. Was it Sunny? Sunny? Was his name Sunny? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Now you said Sunny, I want to say Anne Cher, but um, I'm not sure. <laughs> sunny Day. Um, yeah, no, it's, but, you know, but we'll, we'll promise, we'll know, we'll know his name soon. But we'll, I mean, to be fair, we will know his name soon because I think that kid's going to go to good places because uh, I, I, I don't know how old he is, but they have, he is, per- and it's very unusual for me to care about a kid on the square this much, if, if I'm honest. Like, normally kid actors, you sort of go, yeah. okay, well. But this one is this one is perfect. So, yeah, I'm very excited to see where Tommy and Scarlett go from here. Um, good little mm. pairing. And, and yes, yes, we'll see. Exciting, exciting stuff. So, yes, I, I, now you can put the sand over the fire and we'll, 
and we'll, we'll move on. We'll move on to the uh, well. We we briefly actually touched on it with Kurit being uh, saved from the fire. So Gray became a little bit of a hero on to the eyes of the people on the square. But this wasn't before uh, Kurat had put the flowers outside the uh, the house, Gray's house, number one Albert Square, to kind of commemorate the one the one year anniversary of Chantel's death, which really yeah. upset Gray. Um, you didn't quite see the fallout of that and by the middle of the week Karat kind of then decided that maybe Grey's not such a bad guy after all but still at arm's length for now um but we also got a phone call Grey got a phone call from his dad now so yeah we discovered this week that Grey's yes Grey's the Grey's past is a little bit different to how we first were told it was because during a therapy Me and Alex session have a when he was still with Chantel, <laughs> no, we're not. No, we're not. Gray got Gray said in 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 in, in, a, in a therapy session that he had been abused by his dad. Is that correct? And yes. uh, his mum kind of yes. took a blind eye to it and and nothing of mm-hmm. it. This week, mm-hmm. Gray's dad revealed that actually, Gray a little bit actually I thought a bit a little bit like Bobby. If you think about it, like, you know, yeah. hit... We need to talk about Ray Atkins. his mum. Yeah, yeah mm. but, but abused his mum. And mm. uh, he was actually he was actually quite a, an evil little child. And his dad felt bad that he wasn't mm. there to kind of nurture it, kind of curb it and stop it from happening. A wonderful line he actually said is like, I, I it was it, like, basically he, I, one of the, my biggest regrets was that I let you go into the wide world without mm. kind of stopping you because now because his dad found out that Chantel had died and he straight away put two and two together and realised it was at the hands of Grey now for me just me and I was quite vocal about it on Twitter this felt like a rewrite this felt like that the writers because I I don't, I, I, I'd love to give them credit. No, say your thing first. Say your thing. Head. Say your bit first, and then I'll and then I'll argue with you. <laughs> yeah, no, fine. I'd like to give them credit that they thought a year and a half ahead that they thought that they would do the scene where Grey. And again, don't get me wrong; it's not out of the realms of possibility for an abuser to lie in order to give himself the advantage. And I can understand that it would be a good excuse for Grey in that therapy session for him to kind of manipulate Chantel for her to want to stop it, so that they the. The counselling went away so he could continue his abuse for Grey. I get that. I 100% get that. Yep. But I, I just don't think that's what the purpose of that was originally. Because I rewatched that scene. You don't think that's what happened? No, I rewatched that scene and his emotion. I don't know because when he did, when he, when he was playing, like playing the, the, the acting part of when Chantel had died and he was like being the grumpy to everyone, his, his evilness came out every now and then. You saw the inklings of it and people kind of mm-hmm. spotted it, but then kind of mm-hmm. rounded it in thinking, oh, that, that could be just grief. And I just think that they would have yep. maybe played it in a similar way during the therapy lesson. Not as obvious as this. And I said this to you at the beginning of the show, not as obvious as him going, yeah. oh, and then when he thinks no one's looking, he's like going, like, oh. <laughs> like that that would be obviously yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that, that, but then that's just me I'm, I just feel like that when they, they, they did the story with his dad this week and the dad revealed that it was actually Grey's evil there's no other word mm. for it that he, no, he is yeah. it's just that way and so he made up that whole thing about his mum up but what what do you think Rob what do you think Rob no I mean okay so this is my thing with it alright for a start and I'm gonna get I'm gonna, and I know I'm gonna get some <laughs> some aggro about this I have to say this week 
was the first time that I've been really invested in the Grey storyline since Chantel died, to be perfectly honest with you. I I don't think you'll really get aggro. I think li- a lot of people would agree with you. I I really liked the stuff with Grey and his dad this week. And I would argue that, yes, and, now, and, I'm, and I'm not saying that I think you're wrong, actually. I understand exactly why you've just said everything that you've just said. All right? I understand that you could you could totally assume that they've just rewritten it. I would argue that... No, I do. And I, and I could... But I would also argue that... I, th- I feel it's more unlikely for them to rewrite their own material than a previous era's material. Do you know what I mean by that? I feel like they, if they, we've got to give them at least credit. Yeah. They've planned their own stuff. They've planned their own stuff out for the <laughs> for the future. You know, but even if they haven't, you know, I think it's actually quite realistic that Grey would lie for a start. And you know, I think what you're supposed to see is that Grey is a complete and utter narcissist who possibly had completely and utterly created his own version of events to sort of justify his own reasons for why he's doing what he's doing. That's an interesting um, Because thought. that's not unusual. Yeah, so he that's kind of not, thought in his own I, mind I ju- that that did kind of happen. Because I feel, yeah, because I feel that if it was literally a case of Grey being some sort of moustache-twirling, Dick Dastardly-type character, when he was alone with his dad, he would have been that little bit more sort of, like, visibly, like, gnarling at his dad and trying to threaten it you know what but when his dad was saying everything it was clearly getting to gray in terms of no stop it this is you're you're trying to scratch away at the lie i've created for myself you know so for me it's i i bought it if i'm honest with you i bought the fact that he would have he would have he would have lied um to chantelle i would i bought the fact that he would have completely and utterly made not he's he, he basically relayed in that therapy session i think he could have possibly he could have just relayed the version of events that he's created for himself. Um, because I think that he is aware of his own evilness um, and he's trying to justify it. And he sees, mm. I think he sees his dad. I think he sees, I think he does believe that it's his dad's fault for the way that he is, because if you were a proper dad, maybe mm. you'd have stopped me. Maybe you'd have done something about me. Clearly I'm a, clearly I'm somebody who needs help. Clearly I'm somebody that has, um, been begging for your help since I was a child, and you haven't given it to me. And now look what look what the sort of person I am. That's who the sort of person that Gray is to blame. And he's got. I mean, and to be fair, from what we can see of Gray's character, um, that's what we've seen of Gray um, since he since we he, it was revealed that he is the sort of person that he is. This is somebody who blames anything. This is what domestic abusers do. They blame it on everybody else yeah. but themselves. You know, this is you know it's the classic thing of why are you making me be this way. You know, that's the sort of person that he is. So I can totally buy the fact that he has made up this version of events and that he is, he can and he blames it all on his dad. So for me, and I actually the intensity of the scene again. I thought uh, there were so many times this week when I thought Grey was going to kill again, and I thought his dad was a goner. I thought he was going to have a pillow placed over his face. I thought he was, <laughs> I thought Grey was going to turn off I his machinery. Too. And because Whitney was doing what she did last time, never, whenever, whenever Whitney really needs to be somewhere to witness it, to witness some of Grace's behaviour, she goes away for an hour. She went to get a coffee. Where'd she go? Costas in town. And a biscuit. She needs to go to a coffee and a machine and a biscuit. She needs to. She needs, oh, I'll go find yeah. a biscuit. So Whitney is <laughs> currently searching around the hospital for one chocolate digestive, while Grace is, <laughs> Gray is doing all the sort of things. The elusive chocolate awesome. digestive. Um, yes, yes. I mean, we've all been there. The elusive Garibaldi biscuit. Um, so I mean that for me that's I so for me I bought it and I didn't really see it as that much of a rewrite. Some people will say that it was, and that's fine. I can understand why. I'm not saying those people are wrong, but for me it worked. No. So yeah. 
But no, it did. It, it certainly worked. So you're 100 right there. It worked, mm. and it was it was believable. It, 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 at first sight, though, it, for me, it felt like a rewrite. Uh, a lot yeah. of people did say um, that uh, you know what would why why would they benefit from um, doing a rewrite? It makes more sense for his story now. I mean, I think it still made sense if you didn't hadn't had that bit added on. And you know me, Alex. I'm not one to defend the grey storyline. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But do you think there was a few people going, uh, uh, kind of tweets going around this week saying that this could be like almost like a new Nasty Nick character because, you know, now there's no real explanation for the way he is. A bit Last like Nasty sure. Nick. Well, yeah. But do you think that because there's no real explanation now, it's just that Grey is evil, it seems. Is there now, is this like a character then that could be around for years and years and years? Is this another reason why they're kind of making this this character being born? Because, I mean, we've gone so far away from, we've come so far away from the domestic violence story, really, now, haven't we? Especially now they've well, introduced this. we might be going back to now, now. We're now getting into the, what, with Whitney. So because Whitney and Grey got mm. very close this week as well, didn't they? Almost kissing. Almost kissing. Mm. So, do you think they are kind of curving themselves back around again with the? Whitney I mean, I, I mean, I, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I think it's not beyond the realms, beyond the realms of possibility that, um, you know, Christmas slash New Year is going to be sort of the ending of the Grey story. Surely, you'd think, wouldn't you? If they're going to, they, you know, I, I think it's pretty. I, I, for me, I'd say it's a pretty damn near certain fact that either Christmas Day or New Year's Day, Grey's going to probably die isn't he um in some in some way so it gives them a couple of months to sort of build up a little bit of a mini version of the Chantel and Grey story with Whitney um it's I I I I think it, I mean the thing is the him and Whitney thing has been coming for a long time and frankly I'm amazed it's taken them this long to get to it and people have died before we got to this point um so you know but and then there is also the issue of Tina and I still wouldn't be surprised if Tina walks into the Vic on Christmas Day I have I would admit quite freely and openly I have less and less evidence that this is going to happen by the day um, but you never know you you never. Know. No, I'm clinging desperately onto a slowly fading theory here, but I still, I'm still, I feel I would be more surprised if Tina's dead as to opposed if she's alive. But mm. Gray has Tina's credit card, doesn't he? So he's been spending the money that uh, from from that account that Shirley had put in this week. He looked at a cash point that was next to the Vic and implied to imply that that was where he was going to withdraw the money from. I'm pretty sure even Wolf and the police. <laughs> would have some sort of tracking thing. Oh, yeah, she withdrew it from literally next door, Shirley. She's around Walford somewhere. She, You know that cash machine that's literally next door to your house? She took <laughs> she took money out of there. How did he know her PIN number, if I'm going to be really picky? Like, did, is that the last bit of information that he got out no, of her? Was well, you strangling on the floor? You be quiet. You be quiet and tell me your PIN number. <laughs> like, is that what happened? Before I wrap you up with a subway yeah, imagine that being your last word. I mean, it could be something. Uh, I, I mean, it could be something really dumb, like it's her birthday. I, again, I wouldn't put it past Tina that her <laughs> pin number is her birthday. Yeah, but they don't. Let's be honest. You, you can't do that with your pin number, can they? I thought your pin number is the one you get from the you bank. You can if you. I thought. Can you? Well, no, you can change it though. Once you get to a cash point machine, you can. Why yes, you can. Life? I love educating Rob. We we need a new sh- part of the episode, like educating Rob. <laughs> like every week, we talk to you about porches. 
<laughs> we talked to you about yeah. pin numbers. Amazon lockers. You talked to me stuff. about masking tape on life Amazon switches. Lockers. Everything. I've learned. You taught me so much. Alex. <laughs> you are my. You are my teacher. You're welcome. Sente. Thanks. And I teach you how to say words properly. <laughs> <laughs> and you and you're slowly teaching me how to speak English. So that's the main thing. <laughs> yeah. Can I just say before we carry on, listeners? A completely unrelated conversation, listeners. Please, uh, just a completely unrelated conversation that me and Alex were having when we were trying to think of the intro for today's episode. And (laughs) this might not be the edit, but can you tell us, can you tell us, have you ever heard of the phrase running out of runway as opposed, you know, as meaning, you know, running out of time? It was a conversation that me and Alex were having before we started the episode. And Alex has never heard of his saying and then turned around to me and said, and I bet you no one else has heard of it either. And was really smug about it. And his little quiff quivered as he was, as he gave me a little (laughs) head roll. So so please tell me, (laughs) listeners, if you've heard. Yeah, that's the one. So please, listeners, tell me if you've heard of that saying, just so I can poke Alex with a stick later later on in the week. Thank you. Carry on, Alex. (laughs) Comment below or get in touch with us on social media. Detail will be at the end of the show. (laughs) Nice little link. Uh, But I was going to say, talking about the incompetency of the uh, Wolford police this week, um, Mm. I mean, I think you're giving them a lot of credit because this week they decided to arrest Ruby um, based on uh, the evidence of, (laughs) let's be honest, a very, very mad woman uh, after she had already lied to police. Yeah, I mean, Jean yeah. wasn't aware. Oh my goodness! Stop! Stop! Oh, cancer! Everything. No, she hasn't got it. Jean's not dying from cancer. Ah! We Ten finally know. Months. Ten <laughs> months it took us to get here. Ten months of us <sighs> literally going. Jean hasn't got cancer, surely. Surely Jean hasn't got cancer. Surely, like, surely they, they should have. They're told that she can't do it. can't kill off Jean. Surely Jean hasn't got cancer. Ten months, EastEnders, <laughs> you've made us have this conversation for. Just for you, ultimately, for her to have to take one visit. One solitary visit to a doctor. To say, no, I don't know what's wrong with you. No, you haven't got cancer. Benign, love. You're fine, you're fine, you're fine. Yeah. Are you having a laugh? I did Honest love. God, like I did that. love that the doctor said um, that basically the reason why you feel sick is because you're making yourself feel sick. I thought to myself, you know, I'm going to use that for work one day. I'm going to phone in and say, yeah. "Hi, work. I can't come in because I I'm feel re- sick." So I'm sick. I feel sick. <laughs> it's placebo in a way, yeah. isn't it? That's how, that's how it that's how it works. <laughs> Honestly, oh, but I'm finally, delighted at the same time. Finally, finally that's done. I feel I genuinely feel like a weight has been. I don't know how Jean feels. I feel like a weight has been lifted because it's like, <laughs> like finally that's done. Finally, finally we don't. Have Jean to worry had like about a heavenly light come down on her when she, she of, did. It was like yeah, she turned around and she looked up. I know. <laughs> yeah. And God smiled that was, down. That, that was a wonderful moment. <laughs> and said, "Yes, Jean, you will be cured from cancer." Daniel appeared in the clouds um, so like I am da- Daniel appeared in the clouds like Mufasa <laughs> on the Lion King. You are free, my child. <laughs> <sighs> Little wink. Um, yeah, no, I'm uh, glad that uh, happened. I'm glad it's been explained finally. Yes, but um, it, it, this is all because Jean <laughs> had been arrested um, for. Uh, <laughs> well, it's just we've been waiting so long to get some sort so of information about Jean's Finally. sickness. So, so long. Finally. Oh, Good. Too it's happened. Long. Finally. Too long. Finally. <sighs> but Jean has basically thrown Ruby under the bus and, and lied and said <laughs> that Ruby had told her to grow the cannabis. Meanwhile, at the same time, Martin had visited Stacy in prison. Stacy had yeah, visited Martin. I told you she's a wrong one. Yeah, I told you she's been lying. Mm. 
Martin's like, thank goodness I finally realised it. Stacey, uh, sorry, Re- Ruby and Martin have it out with one another, uh, where Martin basically says, right, now you're, you've come out with it. You Good come scene. clean to police. Ruby says, no, but I'm pregnant. Tries to find the pregnancy sick to prove it. Martin just thinks it's more lies. The police then arrest Ruby. And as she's in the police car, she looked in her handbag and everywhere for that stick. Was but that it was in her pocket after because she went and it fell out of her pocket. And, uh, and, and that's it. That's, I believe... That's the last of Ruby. I think that we don't see any more of her now until maybe five, nine months time when Martin might find out about the baby. I mean, there was, as you say, some phenomenal scenes in there, um, especially between Martin and Ruby. The story itself. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, yes. Now, the, James Bond and Louisa Litton were brilliant on uh, Friday. There were some really nice scenes between uh, as Martin just sort of un- just basically unraveled Ruby. Didn't she? She just slowly became came went to pieces. And she sort of realised how many lies she's told. Again, still pushing the fact that she does believe that Stacey is the reason that she miscarried. Um, so she hasn't she hasn't lost that, but she did. But she admits that she did set it up. She, uh, you know, she admits that she's been lying. Um, and unsurprising, well, I'd say unsurprisingly, unsurprisingly from Martin's perspective, he struggles to believe that she might be pregnant as soon as he turns around and goes, "Right, well, all you need to do now is go to the police and tell the truth, and then Stacey can come home, and my kids can have their mum back." Um, and that's when Ruby's kind of like, "Oh, but I can't go now. The stress will be too much because I'm pregnant." Um, I mean, I uh, now. And it gets Jean completely off the hook. Would that happen? Because she still was growing See, the cannabis in her garage. So would they not sort of give her a bit more of punishment than that? Didn't she? She made a deal with the police. She made it very clear from the beginning. Every time she kept lifting up the microphone and saying, I'm Jean Slater. And, you know, she kept... <laughs> this week actually that's something i noticed this week that every time uh jean spoke about ruby she used her full name she kept saying ruby allen ruby allen this is yeah, what ruby, ruby allen, allen does do yeah. you know ruby allen ruby, ruby allen's allen, yeah. legacy mm. ruby allen ruby allen did, did you ruby I found, allen. was that like the writers basically reminding us that ruby is an allen you know what i mean johnny and that, that johnny allen yeah. is her dad yeah. and like you know as if we haven't needed as if we haven't had constant reminders of that all the way through Ruby's past year whenever she looks into a picture of Johnny and (laughs) (laughs) absorbs the power of his evil and then does something nasty every single time that she's (laughs) like just pictures of Johnny everywhere evil evil Um, so yes Um, I mean but yeah so that is um, Ruby done for now I mean she will be back presumably because she's got a fowler baby inside her and that's a legacy child, that is. So, surely. And I'm sorry, but I refuse for Louisa not to come back after this week because she's great. This is it. So how soon will Martin find out about the baby then, do you think? Um, well, I think it might be when Ruby comes back with a pram, surely. Um, I don't know how long Ruby's oh, uh, going to get in prison for this. Well, I don't see the point otherwise. Do you know what I mean? But then she's surely going to give birth in prison, isn't she? Oh, no, because she only just discovered that she's pregnant, isn't she? So she theoretically has got nine months to be pregnant um, before she uh, gives birth to the baby. And then she could theoretically be out in nine months. Because I don't think that she... I mean, how long do you get for what she's actually been arrested for? You don't get, like... It's not like it's life, is it? So she'll get, like... I don't think it's life, but I think it would be greater than nine months. I mean, it's drugs. I mean, they take drugs very seriously in the UK. They do, they do. Class B's, you know. Um, it's I don't know. I don't know how long she'd be. I don't know how long she'd be, as they kept telling us. Um, I I don't know how long that she's going to be in prison for. Surely no longer than a year. They could. I think they could get away with like releasing her in a year, couldn't they? She's 
you know, good behaviour and all that. But like, I mean, to be fair, murderers have been let out for less than, than Ruby did. Lucas was only in, <laughs> only in prison for half of his bloody sentence. Lucas, and he yeah. killed like three, four people. So, you know, anything's possible. I mean, this is the other thing. Martin didn't... Why didn't Martin stand up for Ruby? Because he knew that when the police uh, searched the house and they found not buds, cannabis plants, which kind of (laughs) sounds a bit weird for me because surely the buds would be like the part that you sell on, but the cannabis plants Mm. are less illegal. No, you don't sell plants. You don't get like yeah. You don't tend to get dealers standing on street corners handing out little pot plants to people, do you? Doesn't doesn't tend to quite (laughs) be like that. Like you say, you get get them in get them in little bags, apparently. In your local garden centre. But but Martin <laughs> knew that that was Lily's. So, and, and Ruby said, that's not mine. So did did Martin did, did, did Martin not say anything because he knew that Punish he would get it. his daughter in trouble? And so he stopped? Or did he... Well, no, because I think that he... Well, he sees the weed... Because he sees the weed thing, I think, as Ruby's fault. So he then saw... Ruby, he when she started going on about Lily, I think he saw it as though she will now try anything to get herself out of trouble. And she's now trying to get my daughter arrested or something. Um, I mean, I, I, it was t- tenuous. I think is the, is the phrase that we would use a little bit. It's one of those storylines that if you pull the strings too much, it kind of falls apart. A bit like last week we discovered where, like, if you, t- if you pull one little Jenga tower out, the whole kit and caboodle just falls to the ground in a, in a clouds of smoke and dust. Uh, so it's it. I, Altogether now, it is what it is. Um, but I, I thought on the whole, it's it wasn't that bad, you know. It, it is they created a right little spaghetti junction of a plot to get all of these paternity yes. leaves going in, some going in, some going out. So I do think that there is a point where you kind of have to give them a grudging well done for sorting that out because in some ways you could argue that there was a, there's been a lot of exits and entrances that they've had to sort of try and work around. Because if you think about it, Stacey's plots for the past two years have effectively been her coming back and then immediately trying to build up to her next maternity leave story, which is essentially yeah, it's been yeah. what this story has been all about. And then and then Louisa goes on maternity leave. So I, th- I think this is... It's all Lacey possi- Turner's fault. All Lacey Turner's fault. Lacey Turner. Um, but I think yeah, in some ways... Rats. Yeah, <laughs> bless her. Um, I, but I think this is in some ways this is going to be the, that's the almost the best they could have done with the situation, isn't it? <laughs> So, I don't know. Ultimately then, this is this is the big question. This is the biggie. Whose side are you on? And you can't be neutral with this. Do you do you feel sorry for Ruby and kind of think that actually she's been wronged by so many people that she kind of her making that plea saying that she never had a mother, she never really had anyone she could guide her be guided by? Or do you think that Stacy and Martin and Jean were right to get her arrested ultimately and sent to prison? Well, see, now, I I mean, I kind of, let's be honest here, when they were doing that scene between Ruby and Martin, she did kind of give out some quite fair points about Stacey to Martin, like, hey, she's cheated on you, she's used you quite a bit, you know, it was a fair play, to be fair, um, and I do believe that she genuinely believes now some of the things that she was saying, some of the lies that she came out with. And I kind of felt sorry for her by the end, because she just feels abandoned now, so I feel that when she does come back, it's going to be with a grudge. Um... But then at the same time, she has wrecked quite a few lives and it could well have been that Jean never saw Stacey again. So, and, you know, she she wasn't to know, if Jean didn't know whether she had it or not, Ruby certainly wasn't to know whether whether um, <laughs> it was going to be the last time that she saw. So, I, 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 you, I know you said don't be neutral, yeah. but I think there's a bit of 
give and take. It's not like Stacey was a completely innocent party throughout the entire thing, really, was it? Ruby has no. done bad things, and she's now been punished for that, and quite rightly so. But I also think Stacey has now been punished for her wrongdoings as well. So I think the the, the balance of the, the scales of justice have been sort of rightened. I think it's it's like my it's an old saying my dad used to say: it takes two to tango. There you go. That's a saying I'm sure a lot of people know. <laughs> it takes two to tango at the end of a runway. <laughs> um, there's another thing though that Jean uh, hasn't told Martin and Stacey that actually she's clear of cancer. Well, she doesn't. She doesn't. I don't. She doesn't think they know. I know, but Martin does know. So would some of his reasoning be for why he went Possibly. for uh, Ruby? Would that Possibly. kind of maybe make him be a bit more regretful because of it? Maybe it's it's possible. I mean, I, I, maybe not. <laughs> Just because, because I, I mean, my <laughs> issue my issue is that I would I would have liked another week of Ruby. Just because I'm not a massive fan of them just cutting away in the police car, so we don't see the interviews, we don't see the fallout of you know of finding out how long she's going to be. In. Like we're going to get like one line, or a throwaway line in a scene in a in a few weeks saying, "Oh, Ruby's received two years in prison" or something like that. That's and that's and that's going to be the end of it. And I would have quite liked to have seen a bit of um, sort of aftermath with just Ruby and the police and sort of trying to get herself out of it and failing ultimately, which one once upon a time we would have had, but. What what can you do? Um, it's a shame, but I have to say I can't wait for for Ruby to come back. There was a time when I kind of was looking at Ruby and thinking, "What are you here for? You know, why are you like you're not?" But in yeah. the past year or so, she has been really integrated into the square. You know, owning the club. Ooh, that's interesting. The club's now for, up for grabs, isn't it? That's a good point. The club is now without an owner. Oh yeah, I wonder if Sharon might grab it. Ooh, or Janine. Is that? Janine owns the club at one point, not she? Ah. But then Janine's got no money, so how is she going to afford to get the club? Unless ah. she does it underhandedly. Or she makes a deal with someone, ah. with Mitchells, maybe. Oh. Yes, the club, the club's, That's a very yes, interesting the club's up for grabs. Mm. Let's see what happens. Maybe, maybe another Panasar claim. Who knows? The Panasars might get it, yes, because the Panasars are growing their empire bit by bit. Mm. Can you imagine if they called it Jags? They won't. <laughs> imagine if they... They won't. Well, don't you think? Don't you think? Rat catchers. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. And we're going to talk about Tiff and Dottie. And their spat has continued this week. After a little hiatus, uh, Tiff and Dottie have a bit of a fight because they group up during a, bit a, of a gym fight. session at Sharon's gym. A bit of a fight? I mean... Attempted to grind her face off. It was like it was like something out of a it was like something out of a Saw movie. <laughs> like trying to literally remove her face. You think the tiff went a bit too far? Then do you think that the, the well? I just thought I was just quite surprised. The... You know, I I was expecting a sort of cat fight. I was expecting a roll around. You know, a few punches and kicks. I was not expecting her to try and basically torture her. With a tread, like in front of an entire gymnasium of people as well. Did she not think that there might be some slight repercussions if she removed Dottie's nose via treadmill in front of an entire gymnasium full of people? Did she not think that there might be a little bit of, you know, aftermath from that? But hey. I just don't think Tiff was thinking. I think she was just narrow, narrow mindedly just thinking, you ruined my life. Dottie had the nerve to borrow her cardigan this week. Can you believe that? As if Dottie, <laughs> like, she literally, got, I was like, oh, that's right. Tiff would be fine. I'll just borrow her cardigan. I borrowed her husband's and now I'll borrow her cardigan. The cheek! <laughs> the 
I'm not surprised Dipney <laughs> went mad at her. Because <clears throat> Dottie thinks... Dottie thinks that they're friends again. Dottie, th- Dottie says, like, I'm so glad we're friends again. Like, Dottie had this really Dottie's naive delusional. thought that, like, they just, like, really delusional. Sorted she just that, thought yeah? that, like, it's all we're over now. That. Like, it's all forgiven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I think, Clearly you know, not. I don't, I don't, Dottie, Dottie did, did do the bad thing there. But then again, this was a weird thing, not a weird thing, actually. This is something I kind of understood with the writing that, Tiff was kind of put into perspective of why are you blaming just Dottie for this? Why is Keegan not being put into the frame of blame for this as well? Why aren't you kind well, of yeah. lashing out on Keegan too? Because it's it's not you know it, oh, it, again it, it takes two people to like to commit it. But but where is yeah. Keegan then? So why, why is Keegan not about? Why is Keegan not being interacted into this story? Because I don't I don't like that it's being basically singled out that it's all Dottie's fault, and I I feel like that you know. Tiff needs to have it out with all with both of them, not just the one. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, to be honest, I, I was I, they've done. I think for now they've sort of done the whole Keegan and Dotty thing, and they can kind of put that aside for a second to deal with the fallout between Tiffany and Dotty. Because I think it's it's worth remind, remembering. I think that Tiff has kind of been forced to live with Dotty for a while, for about a month now since it happened. You know, living with somebody that had mm. that had sex with your husband when you were nearly dying on the floor from a bad facial injection. <laughs> like that's gotta be you know, that's got that's got a sting a little bit, you know? So I can kind of see why uh, they've sort of focused on I'm sure Keegan will be brought back into it because uh, it kind of it kind of felt as though what Dottie said to Tiff sort of landed as well, didn't it? It kind of felt as though she kinda of went, Oh yeah, you're right. Um so I enjoy, I mean it was extreme, but I did enjoy that the ultimate moment of uh, Dottie sort of flying at Tiff and sort of basically being her mother's daughter, wasn't she? Um, so it's, mm. uh, it's that, yeah, so that was fun. Um, where it goes from here, I'm not entirely sure because surely Tiff is going to say to Sonia, look, I, one of us needs to go here. And, and it's, it, why should it be me? Because she's the one that's, she's the one that's done this. She's the one that has basically come into Walford and caused nothing but trouble since she, since she arrived. You know, she slept with my husband. You know, she is, she, she's caused you no end of grief. You know, so, you know, and she's the reason that Dot's not here anymore. So, effectively, so what? Why should I? Why should I have to put up with this? Kick her out? You know, you can sort of see why a tiff, tiff would be coming from. So, I'm I'm intrigued to see where it's going to go from here. Um, but I think Keegan will come back into it at some point because I. Well, the last time we saw them, they were basically on the verge of divorce, weren't they? Well, Tiff deliberately went into the house with Vinny to make Keegan jealous because Keegan was watching on, and then Keegan had a word with Mitch, and Mitch gave Mitch gave the advice of that's right. No, and Mitch gave the advice of basically saying, "Why don't you kind of just leave it?" Which was ridiculous yeah, that's because right, he should yeah. be fighting for his relationship, and that's why yes, I feel like that, that. It, 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 it's 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 silly that they're showing that Keegan has just kind of pulled out and gone, especially when he's meant to be like making a crust, no pun intended, with the sandwich business, and now he's kind of um, you know crust. he's just kind of gone nowhere, he's kind of gone a bit a wall. Uh, I don't know, mm. but but there's something else that happened that's at the gym right. at the same time, which distracted Sonia from watching these two girls having a fight Ethan. for a moment. Was he? She met a new beau. Yes, Ethan. Ethan, she's met a new boat, Ethan. I mean, we're we're very much at the early stages of this right now. I think we know more next week. Um, But uh, I'm under the understanding, and I don't think this is a spoiler by saying this, but if if you you might want to skip, but basically Terry's view on Ethan is going to be uh, changeable next week. So what do you think the dynamic could be with Terry seeing his daughter dating a new man? Do you think Terry's going to be... 
But do you think Terry's right to kind of like step in and be the father figure? Or do you think Sonia's going to begrudge him well, being that way? But how do you think this may play out? Well, week? I mean... I mean, he was, he was he was advising condoms yesterday, so, so something must happen to kind of... Well, Terry, uh, yeah, don't forget to buckle up. Stay. Yeah, don't forget to buckle up before you ride the bike. Um, it's, uh, yeah, so I think that sort of perspective, something's going to have to shift. I have to say, I don't trust Ethan. I don't know why. I don't know if it was the actor's portrayal, or he wasn't doing anything particularly. I just don't trust him. Instantly didn't trust him. Instantly. Sort of like, you're a wrong one. You're dodgy. Don't like you. There's something wrong with you. Don't know why. I've got no, I've got no evidence, but I instantly felt that this is not a relationship that Sonia is going to enjoy in any respect whatsoever. I don't know why, but something is dodgy about him. He's just a bit, he's a bit too good to be true, isn't he? Right. Like a good looking bloke you meet at the gym and immediately text you back. That doesn't happen. Blokes don't just text you back. Trust me. I know. They don't just text you back and take you for lunch the next day. That doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. (laughs) Rob, I think your personal happen. issues are getting involved with this one, so I think we should move doesn't on happen. very quickly. <laughs> like... Doesn't happen. <laughs> wow. Uh, final story then, doesn't and happen. that is the uh, Linda um, secret finally coming out with Jack. Jack, who literally shouted at a pregnant woman for, <laughs> for about while she was half while an she hour. was in labour. Bless Linda. While she was in labour. While she was in labour. I mean, bless her. It I took mean, her I waters felt to so break. So bad for Linda the whole time. It took her waters to break. I half expected, I half expected Jack to be like, I'm not buying that. Like, where's the bo- where's the bottle that you've just spilled on the floor? And start searching her for a Volvic bottle or something as she <laughs> spilled on the floor to kind of force the moment home. He was useless, absolutely useless. Mm. Um, but yes, Linda yeah. has now given birth to little Annie Carter. It's a ginger baby. Let's just let's with just her red hair. Yeah, it's a little ginger baby. Effectively, if there was any doubt. That that was Max's kid to anybody. The kid's ginger. <laughs> so that's. I not mean, it's not improbable. To, uh, it's not improbable that Mick and Linda could have had a ginger baby, but it it's would be more likely that someone maybe Linda was seeing. Yeah, it would. It would mm. be more likely that someone that she was seeing. I mean, that's a huge. Clue. It's like a giant beacon on her head, isn't it? Yes. To say that, like this Max's is kid. This Max's is kid. Baby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But I do love the name. I think Annie is perfect. Annie Carter. Annie Carter. And we have, we have uh, Annie. It's a great name for someone who, work, who lives at the Vic. Even I know it's a kid, but Lovely Annie. Name. I like the name Lovely Annie. Name. Lives in the Vic. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Future landlady material Should there. Can you imagine there's somebody called Annie. I was about to say, bar. yeah. Mm. Sixteen. Yes. Um, yeah. So. Uh, we've got a bit more of the whole sort of Rainy is kind of distracted all this week because she went Bernie goes and gets her scan pictures this week because Bernie's now properly pregnant and is going to scans and uh, she's got a little girl I think is it a boy or a girl yeah, a boy actually isn't it I think Bernie's going uh, we to don't know no 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 eventually. we don't know because Stuart no, no, says just... Stuart says um, our little boy girl or whatever they want to be because um, non-binary baby kind of very yeah very very modern kind of take for Stuart there mm. That's 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 Stuart, um, but Rainy is sort of distracted by all of this, thinking that she should be massively happy with because she is convinced that Linda is lying to her, and eventually storms into the Vic. I don't know why she doesn't just look at the kid's head. It's Ginger. Oh, that's clearly Max's. What are you playing at, woman? That's what I mean. Uh, I know. It's, it, wait till it grows a bit more hair. The, Linda's going to have a great difficulty in trying. No wonder Linda's going to leave soon. I need to take my ginger baby and run away. So this all this all stops. She starts um, bleaching the, that that small child's hair. <laughs> that's yeah, like, like box. Let's be out footballers' wives. <laughs> um, 
again this week. You know, we were saying last week that it's it, we. You know, Jack had said, "Oh, I've rang Max. He's he's coming tomorrow." Now it did sound, and we were like, "What are they doing? Max isn't coming back." Like, and, and this is the thing: I do not believe that Max at any point, if he found out that he had another kid, he would stay away. I don't think he would. This is Max. He's lost a kid already. No. And he's trying, and that's I... why he's taken Abby. I don't believe he would for a second. I don't know. I know. I think. I think bonds are strong with the Brannings, and they like. And it's you know, it's a family st- stuff. Um, and I, I do. I think. Yeah, I think exactly. Rainy's got a point. I think she really. I think she's right to think that Max will come back. But I think that Rainy yeah, that's what I mean. Is, is so hooked up on it. It's so obsessed with it. Oh, great. So yeah, but yeah, I think I Rainy's so obsessed with it. It's going to send her. Yeah, which is going to send her mad. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm not quite sure why Rainy is so because. Uh, this is the thing because she wants Abby back so desperately and Max is somehow just kind of mm. trekking around Europe with this with this little girl um, and she Max on but the thing is they, like we yeah we have, we, have, we have said quite often clearly Jake Wood's not coming back for a, at least a while is he so and they keep giving like they could have just closed it there when Jack was like no I haven't really rang him I just wanted you to tell me the truth fine I could have bought I bought that and that would have been put to bed. Okay, fine. They've sorted out. Max isn't coming back. But then again, by the end of the week, Rainy's going. All right, I'm telling Max. That's it. Storms out of the Vic. So again, we've got a potential, not potential, but potential for Max to be coming back. What are they doing? Like, just Jake's not coming back for a bit. Why stop teasing us that he is when he's clearly not? And stop trying to write yourself into a corner <laughs> by trying to get the fact that Max isn't coming back. It's very odd. It's very odd. So. Linda's maternity leave is just around the corner. Surely the ultimate goal here, because they're making such a big issue that, that Rainey, she, although she's happy that she's got her own child, will she ever just accept that she's now got a child with Stuart? Or is she always going to have in the back of her mind that baby Abby is out there and she wants to get baby looks Abby like back? In like, I just, it looks I, like it, doesn't it? How because far she should be more excited Rainey's about Bernie's kid. Obsession. Uh, they should be mm. more excited. She should be more excited and more preoccupied with the kid that Bernie's about to have for them. Now, this is the closest thing that she's got to her own child. She came in with the baby Abby thing, and fair enough, fell in love with the kid, and you know wanted it to be the mother to him, and that's and that's sort of gone on from there, and became really attached to Abby. Fair enough, but this kid that she's got on the way is you know, Abby. Really, isn't any connection to Rainy? Really, is she? I, I got. I, it's it, you know, there's a kid on the way that's much more of a connection to to her than baby Abby is. So, <laughs> um, what I'm wondering is now, what is Linda's next move? Because obviously Kelly Bright's going on maternity leave soon. Um, so I'm still quite, I'm still at a loss as to what Linda's going to do. Is she literally just going to run away, and uh, at the risk of Max coming back so. and seeing his ginger prodigy, and sort of just hide until? Kelly's ready to come back. Is that literally where it's going to go? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I think that is. I, think, I can't think of anything. I mean, I don't, this is the thing. I don't, as we said earlier on the podcast, there's been so many maternity storylines that have just become so confusing and convoluted that you're just kind of just oh, watching. I know. Thinking, so many of them. Okay, though, we there? get it. They're leaving soon. That's it. And I, I just don't want Linda to get saying, any more complicated than it is already. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. What is wrong? I would accept that. I'd accept that. It's fine. You don't need to write yourself into into twists and turns to sort of <laughs> like it's nothing wrong with a character no. just saying, Do you know what? It doesn't need to Screw be this square. I'm going holiday for nine months. See you later. Just leaving. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. <laughs> exactly. Nothing wrong with that at all. But we really know. don't need. We really don't need anything exciting at all. And I, and to be honest with you, if if it ends with as you say that Linda gets a little bit worried that Max will return, but we know he won't return because we know that. 
he's never coming back for a while. For now, but yeah. if Linda believes, the character believes he is, then fine. That's fine by me. But I just don't want it to be... I just don't want it to be mad. I don't want it to be conf- confused and complicated. We don't need to, any more of those now. It's it's coming up to Christmas. Let's get the big guns out. Let's get the big stories going, shall we? Let's get the ones that we really Yeah, they're want. filming Christmas now, people. Yeah. They are filming. The lights are out. The lights are out. The sets have been revealed. There is uh, there is Christmas lights on the square as we speak. <laughs> Christmas is being filmed. Uh, do let us know, by the way, in the comments section or on YouTube, who do, as Christmas is now being filmed, who is going to be the stars of Christmas 2021 this year? What do you think? Place your bets now. Oh, yeah. No, I'll be (sighs) absolutely really interested. At Walford Weekly on Twitter and Instagram or comment Mm. below. But more details will be at the end of the show, which Rob will detail after we have done your comments from this week on I Ain't Want to Gossip. You know me, I ain't want to gossip. So this is the part of the show where we read out your comments on our Twitter, our Instagram and our Facebook group. As always, don't forget to get in touch. All the details at the end of the show. Starting off, I'm going to talk about a thread. Uh, it was a conversation between two people uh, on one of uh, on our Twitter page. Uh, at uh, Distray2003 said, It's an unpopular opinion, but Ruby didn't deserve it. Now she's got pregnant. But at Jacob and Zach kind of commented below and said she totally deserved it. She played someone Ooh. to get Stacy attacked, faked a pregnancy and used Martin yes. until she was pregnant. Yes. She paid Kush to she run did. away with Arthur, got Stacy sent down <laughs> for something she didn't do and also tried to get Jean arrested. It's all karma. So wow. this is what we were saying earlier. Yeah, that's very it's, true. It's difficult to take a side but there's a lot of Not stuff really, that really did ultimately <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you list it like that, to be fair, <laughs> I'd forgotten about half of that. So, yeah, that's very true. I've completely forgotten that she paid to get Stacey attacked. Um, and that was a while back as well, wasn't it? So, yeah, fair play. I think it probably Ruby has got what she deserved in a lot of ways. I think becoming pregnant doesn't necessarily <laughs> um, remove all responsibility from you, does it? Uh, but... Yeah, I, th- I think it's okay to still feel sorry for Ruby because I think that she's acted out purely out of desperation. Yes. I agree. Uh, at Tufts and Quiffs has said, I loved the twist with Ga- uh, with Gray's dad and he's not a victim of his dad, but just a spoiled little mummy's boy. Looking forward to seeing how well. that will pan out. Although it would be sweeter karma to have a female take him down. I'm looking at you, Whitney Dean and Laura, yeah. the lawyer. I mean, Laura, the lawyer would be the one I want to happen, but it's going to be the lawyer. Yeah. Yes. I think it's all, all past leading. Mm. Is there another death on the I way? I think all past leading. going to take one more down with him. Is he going to take one more down with him before he See, goes? See, I thought he would. I thought he would take his dad down, but after reflection, uh, I just don't think there'd be any point because his dad's dying anyway. So there's not no real point to That's it. That's true. His dad could sort of do it on his deathbed, couldn't he? So he's going to try and avoid. He's going to try and avoid that s- scenario. I don't know. I I I can't help but think he's got one more in him before before he before he goes. I'm assuming Christmas or New Year, but I yeah, I think that he's got one more in him. I'm I'm pretty sure. See, I don't think they're going to kill Grey off. I, I don't know if I said this earlier, but oh, I think not? they're going to keep him on. Uh, and no, I, either they're going to do a fake out death with him or he's going to somehow get away and he'll come back <laughs> in a later date. That's anyway. what would be the point? At once House he comes of back? Oh, well, Go on. Yeah. No, well, I was going to, I actually, yeah, that, that's, that's quite a, that's quite a Kate Oates thing to do, actually. Kind of do a fake out exit and then bring somebody back. She's done that with literally every psychopath she's ever created in any soap that she's ever done. So yeah, you could have a very good point there, actually. <laughs> <laughs> 
Final comment then this week is from at House of Enders, uh, and they've written best week of the year. I felt every episode moved Ooh. at a nice pace, and there were some real lull moments and great tension. Appreciated how it felt like storylines were moving on and questions were finally being answered. A real step up. So a fan there of this week's episodes. Fair, yeah. No, I, th- I think on the whole this has actually been a fairly good week. I have enjoyed. I have enjoyed this week, and I've enjoyed the episodes. Monday was great. Um, Friday, like yesterday's episode, was pretty good as well. There's some really nice dialogue and nice scenes in there. So yeah, I can I can go along with that. Best of the year, I don't know, but I, I did I did enjoy I did enjoy the year greatly. Um, what do you think? Did you enjoy this week? Please let us know. Uh, there are many ways you can contact us. So many ways. The end. The ways are endless, and that could be by contacting us on Twitter and Instagram at Walford Weekly. You can find us on Facebook at Walford Weekly Podcast. On YouTube, don't forget to like, subscribe and click the bell to get notifications about our spoiler videos. And you can listen to us on Apple, Podbean, Spotify or any of your favourite podcast sites. You can email us at robwolfordweekly at gmail.com or at alexwolfordweekly at gmail.com. What's a good link, wasn't it? Kind of landed on that quite nicely. There you go. I'm a pro. I know my stuff. (laughs) I know my stuff. Um, We'll be back same time next week. Who knows what we'll be discussing. You never know what's going to go on in Walford. Uh, But for now, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. See ya!